My name is Lynn Moore, in case you don't know me. Uh, my wife and I are leading fourth grade Sunday school class in the nine o'clock session. So I'm ordinarily trying to uh, be the sergeant of arms among some nine and 10 year olds while my wife tries to get something in their heads and hearts. Uh, oh, and there she is. She's gonna stay. Um, okay, so let's start with reasons to marry. Why get married? Hello? <laughs> What's a reason to get married? What do you think would be a reason to get married? Because you like somebody. Like. Like somebody. Like love them, yes. Oh, love? Alright. I mean, it starts with liking. Okay, another reason, please. Companionship. Companionship. Another reason. Financial benefits. Finances. Another reason. Good cooking. That's one of mine. You can read that, right? Another reason. Another reason? You want to have children. Children. Help on the farm. What was that? Help on the farm. Helpers. Raise your own. Yes, okay. Do they keep you warm at night? Comfort. No, they're warm. You want to be specific. Warmth. All right. Any more? Okay, uh, good reason? Yes, no? Yes. This is a vote. Yes. Good reason? Yes. Good reason? Yes. Good reason? Yes. Maybe? Yeah. Good reason? Yeah. Good reason? Yes. Good reason? Yes. Good reason? Yes. Good reason? Yes. Michelle says a very good reason. So. All right, what's some bad reasons to get married? Because we don't have any. What's some bad reasons for getting married? Settling. Settling. Settling for somebody that's not right for you. Oh, my goodness. What a can of worms. Settling. All right. Loneliness. Because all your friends are married? Because all your friends think you should be married? Because your parents want you to be married? Because your parents want you to have kids? Peer pressure. Peer pressure is what you're saying. Yeah, peer pressure. Financial stability. Oh, what was that? Financial stability. That's kind of like that, except very into marry into wealth. Okay, well thank you. Thank you for participating. Does everybody have a sheet for this today? <sighs> All right, I'm going to just start the video and we're doing session two. If we get through session two, we'll go to session one because there's a little bit in session one that I, uh, I think it's important for you to see, but two is more important. All right, who knows how to carry a football? 
Who knows how to carry a football? Carry like on the field? Yes. When you're playing the game, how do you carry a football? Do you carry it like this? No. Who wants to come demonstrate? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Julie! <laughs> Julie, come here. Yeah. Carry that football. Excellent. Show everybody how you're carrying the football. All right, we're going to pass around the football while we watch the video. Okay. Just give it to anybody. Practice carrying the ball the way Julie did. I need to find the remote and start this thing. Okay, right now, what are you thinking? Anybody? What are you thinking? Okay, what's a concept that impressed you about what you just saw? That's not my husband that's capable of meeting my needs, that I need to be in a relationship with the Lord and allow him to meet my needs so that I can be the best wife that I can be. And vice versa. Okay, yeah, that's an important concept. As, as Anne said, he was not designed to meet those needs. Maybe that's not new information for some of you, but still, it needs to stick. Uh, another idea. What else did we hear? What happened in the garden? We have an enemy, and that enemy is not our spouse. Oh. Sharing with you gets so intense, uh, you're just going to have to bear with me because there's just tears waiting to pour out of my eyes. And uh, I've seen this video three times now. And I think I know what we need to share. What happened in the garden? Wasn't it wonderful? Wasn't it paradise? We weren't there, but we've read about it. And what, what made it seem to be better to do the one thing that was not allowed? You know, somebody just needs to say it. It was pride, the lure of pride to know whatever mysteries there were that God didn't want us to know. And uh, ingratitude. Lack of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somehow that got lost, but that was the enemy. And that was the beginning. Um, I don't know if you appreciated the poem, but I really did. The poem and the painting that just kept getting wrecked over and over again. But the world is broken. We've heard that before, but the impact to me was much stronger, hearing that and seeing that. It's broken. <laughs> and God knew when he took that walk, my world's broken. And... He's God, so he saw it coming. 
But uh, still that, that line, he took one long last look and the innocence was gone. Okay, a concept. Um, Dr. Crawford uh, has said the purpose of marriage is to tell the truth about God. That is uh, something I haven't grasped yet. How does marriage tell the truth about God? And he's talking about generations of how we pass along to future generations what God does, who he is, um, how we learn to be faithful to each other, how God is faithful to us. And yet, we've also heard in this presentation how sin affects everything about me and my relationships. Not people, everything about me and my relationships. And one of the pastors said, as soon as the vows are said, the isolation can begin. The isolation does begin. What, <clears throat> what are some things that you'd be willing to share that lead to isolation? Unmet expectations. Wow. Don't forget those words, unmet expectations. What else? What happened between Adam and Eve? When God said, where are you? And they said, we're naked and we were afraid and ashamed. And God said, who told you you were naked? And what's wrong with that? He didn't, that's not in scripture. But. What happened? What did Adam say? This is an important thing. What did Adam say? Yeah, the woman that you gave me gave me this fruit and I ate it. The woman you gave me. I love that phrase just because of the eternal irony of that statement, blame shifting. <sighs> Is anybody willing to uh, share any of the aspects of this constant battle that you've experienced? Because you have experienced it. The constant battle against our enemy your enemy, Satan. <sighs> In Ephesians, Paul tells us, tells us,
tells husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church, as he gave his life for the church. Love your wives in that way. How many wives have a husband that you trust would give his life for you? Is there a shade of disappointment in your thoughts? Men, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. How many men feel just a shade of lack of confidence, disrespect in their wives' manner or demeanor or in what they say? Nobody? Yes? Well, I, but I think it's a misplaced, I think it's a misplaced um, disappointment. Because if I feel as though she's disrespecting me, I think it's because I'm not, I'm looking at it through my selfish, my selfishness. Because I feel I should be, I feel she shouldn't have to, wouldn't want to find I feel she shouldn't be looking for the bad in me, right? That she should only see the good. Oh, don't we wish? But, yeah. But, but, then when, but then when she mentions the things that I need to improve upon, I feel slighted. But I don't look at that instead of looking at it as a, an opportunity to improve my relationship with her because it's something that she knows she needs. Well, you're taking us to the next step, and thank you very much. So what happened between Dave and Ann Wilson? Dave's got great plans for 10th anniversary. We're moving on. Things are really popping, and our marriage is beautiful, and the moment comes, they're going to make out, and what happens? She withdraws. I have lost my feelings for you. Um, and that's not the point. What happens next? What does Dave do? I'll, I'll help you remember. He went into defensive mode. I'll get my daily planner and I'll show you what I've done. I'll show you how I love you, how I've taken care of you, how I've taken care of your family. And, <laughs> oh my gosh. What does the Holy Spirit do? Not just then, but what does the Holy Spirit do? Say it again, say it louder. Yes. That's his job. He also comforts. But he convicted Dave, and Dave, Dave did this. Shut up and listen. And he didn't just listen to the Holy Spirit, he listened to Anne. He listened to Anne tell him the truth. And to me, it's the most remarkable thing. It happened in that very moment. What did Dave do next? He repented. He got down on his knees in the front seat of this tiny Honda with the, back, the steering wheel in his back, and he repented out loud.
that is such an example of uh, how to deal with sin. You know, to, oh, I need to ponder this for a while, or I know I need to deal with this. I got to have a plan. There was no plan. He saw the truth about himself. He, he just kind of opened up and swallowed it and took care of it. To me, that's a remarkable, a remarkable thing. Uh, something that we really don't need to know, but it's a clever use of words. Part of our sin problem, part of my sin problem in a marriage is that we were made to complete each other and sometimes it turns into we compete instead of complete. Um, that might be a little phrase that helps us to remember. And one that I picked up this time is when we're dealing with the enemy, he's got all his tricks, but one of them is for you to know that you are a sinner, for me to know that I'm a sinner, and use it to leverage sin. And we allow him to leverage that sin, to deal with the guilt and the shame, not deal with it, but carry it. Um, so, to take away from this, we have an enemy. You have an enemy. And your enemy is not your spouse. The enemy wants you to think that your spouse is the enemy, but that's not true. And uh, priorities. Uh, when I looked at, uh, in Genesis, when God said, all right, this is how it's going to be from now on, and he says, you're going to, your life will be shorter, work will be harder, pain will be greater. And he tells Eve her consequences. He tells Satan or the serpent his consequences. And then he tells Adam his consequences. And it's significant because it speaks to isolation. Adam is going to have to work harder. And his work is going to be futile. He's going to feed himself and his family by the sweat of his brow, whatever the ground will yield up to him, and it's going to be weeds and thistles. Um, to me, that's what drives men especially, but anybody that has a job, I have to. You're in a trap. You have to work, and you have to try to at least keep up. May, you know, forget about getting ahead in life, just keep up. Um, personally, when I was working for a living, I thought that that was my service to my family. I thought that's how I showed love. If I work 10, 12 hours a day, that's me pouring my love into my family so that we can get through. And, uh, even today, I'm learning the consequences of not being around a few more hours every day with my family. Okay, in the, in the sheets that I passed out, there's some homework ideas. That's the lower half of the sheet. Uh, so I hope you can have a date night. Here's some tips on what to do. And uh, 
an important thing. Uh, second bullet from the bottom. No, that's not it. Oh, that's not it at all. Never mind. So learn how to drill. Learn how to deal with a natural drift towards isolation in your marriage, and uh, I hope that we all feel it because it's all there for us. Any other remarks? Yes. session one. Session one really has a part in its episode that uh, uh, you'll know it when you see it. Okay, thank you for staying. Um, any response to that? Okay, um, my response is hold fast. Learn what that means. Uh, think of the illustration of the football and uh, the teaching that every time you receive that football, you watch it in and you hold it fast. It's, it's, a, it's a leap for me to talk about that being between two people, but uh, we've had a presentation talking about all the adversity that we can face. And part of that adversity is the temptation, as uh, Dr. Crawford said at the end, the temptation to face off instead of turning and facing life together. And to me, that's one aspect of what holding fast is. It's not, you're going to stay by me and we're going to get through this. It's not just that. It's, I'm holding on to you. We're holding on to each other and we're holding fast. We're not letting go. Uh, next week, um, somebody else will be doing a presentation. Uh, so I hope you gained something from this today. Uh, for session one, there's also some date night ideas and an important part of... Session one is there's four statements at the top of the page. And if you do nothing else, uh, do that exercise where you look at each other in the face and take turns repeating those four statements to each other. 
and try not to blink. I'm done. <laughs>